This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Um, Rabotai, the main, one of the main lessons that we learn in this week is famous Bnei Gad, Bnei Reuven, Chetzi Menashe. This is a vital lesson, such an awesome lesson, and you'll hear it tonight. And that is like this. We enter, we're about to enter Israel. We're about to enter Israel, and all of a sudden, who's making, who has a lot of, uh, 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 who has a lot of flock? Who is it? Bnei Gad, Bnei Reuven, Shevet Reuven, Shevet Gad. They have so much of it. And they tell Moshe, Moshe, we want to stay behind. I know you're going to Israel, but we have all this flock. We need crazy amounts of land. Who is going to support us with this crazy land? We have it over here. And by the, by the Ever Ayyadin, outside the border of Israel. Please, do you mind if we stay? What are you kidding me? Moshe Rabbeinu gives a nice shamble to them. You're going to kill the morale of the people. You're going to kill their, their, their vibe. Everybody's excited to go to Israel. And now you are not going in with us? What are people going to say? They're going to say you're afraid to fight the war. When we entered Israel, every single person had to fight. You had to fight. Either they surrender or they die. There were seven great nations in there. Our command was kill everybody. Don't stand in the way. Kill everybody. So what is Moshe telling the people? God and Oven, you're going to kill it. You know why? People are going to say you're scared to fight. They're going to be scared to fight. And they say, no problem, Moshe. I'm in. Not only that we're in, we'll fight. We'll wait until all the land is conquered and distributed. And then we'll go back and we'll be by the border. Moshe Rabbeinu says, okay. If that's the case, you know, eventually he agreed to it. And God and Reuven, they did their part. And they fought for seven years to get the land of Israel. And we, we got, we got the land. And it took another seven years to distribute it and make sure everybody got settled. Only until then, after 14 years, they went back to the border and they got their land by the border of Israel. Now the question is, the question is, why was it Bnei Gad, Reuven, and half of the tribe of Menashe? Now, you might say, very good, Rabbi. The answer is like you just said. They had a lot of flock. They had a lot of sheep. They had a lot of cattle. They needed land. That's what you just said. However, there's much deeper than that. It's not just, the, they, they just had a lot extra sheep. And that is, the land of Israel is so kadosh, is so holy. Especially, you know when you have like a grand opening to anything, like a grand over, it has to be a bang. It's got to be awesome. It's got to be like, wow. You know, you remember those uh, pizza back in the day, the pizza days? I don't know if you guys remember. Like, like you know, oh, pizza for free for one day. And everybody's going in a dollar slide back in the quarter. It's like, whoa. Yeah. I remember one, one grand opening. It was free falafel. It was like a Shoma guy opening up. It was free falafel sandwich for anybody who walks in. Free falafel sandwich. Everybody thing was outside. Grand opening, a bang. The grand opening of Israel's got to be a bang. That being said, there cannot be any tainting even from the beginning of conception. What do I mean? Let me elaborate on this, please. Let me elaborate on this. And that is, we know there was a default. Not, not an when, but there was a default when. The beginning of, in the beginning, if you look back, Yaakov is getting married to who? To who? Rachel. 
he got switched around. He didn't know, but who was it at the end of the day that night? Who got switched around? Who was it? Le'ah. He didn't know. He didn't know. And guess what? He got Oven. He thinking it was Rachel. It was Rachel. was really La'ah. He got Oven from that. There was a tainting in that conception. That being said, who was born that night? Reuven. Reuven, there's something wrong with that conception in that situation. I'm sorry to say, the Kedusha of Israel is so, so high level, you can't come in yet. You can't come in just yet. We got to clear that whole situation. Got it? God, the same situation. Who gave, who was God from? Anybody know? Which mother was God? Who was God's mother? It was Zilpah. Zilpah, there was a situation where La'ah switched that night and said, Zilpah, it's your, your, your night with Yaakov. And they it got switched. And it happened to be. There was a, there was a child. Who was that? God. Understand? So right, again, in the conception of it, there was what? A little bit. That being said, God is out. What about half of Menashe? The tribe half of Menashe. What happened over there? And the answer is like this. Listen to something so beautiful right now. The answer is, is we know, let's go back a little bit. Dina was violated. From who? Shechem. Shechem ben Chamor violated who? Dina. Did they have a child? They did. Who was the child? No other than Osnat. The child of Dina was what? Osnat. And after Osnat, Dina got violated, they see this child, they see this uh, a girl that was born, and the Shevatim are saying, like, what's this girl doing here? What's going on? We know who she is and this, that. It's like an abomination to see that she got, she got violated and this is what came out of her. Let's send her out. Before she got sent out, Yaakov came over to his granddaughter and said, come over here. I'm going to write you out a kamiya, an amulet. You know what a kamiya is? Anybody know what a kamiya is? You ever see, you go to, sometimes you go to, you go to, you go to someone, a, a big rabbi, and he gives you an amulet, he gives you a kamiya. He gives you a kamiya. He says over there, he wrote down all this situation, what, what he wrote down, and he put it in what? In Dina. He says, Dina, this is yours. Wear it. Use it. This is what it is. This is going to protect you. Anyway, they send her down to Egypt. Now she's over there. That's the protection, the amulet. And Yosef Hasadik finally becomes the head of Egypt on the Paro. That night, what happens? Everybody's so excited. Wow, we finally got it. Amazing, 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 amazing. And all the ladies, what are they doing? They, oh, they're throwing it out. They throw them love bass. They throw rice. They throw whatever they throw. They're throwing jewelry. Now, Yosef is getting thrown jewelry at him. He's in a carriage and he's getting thrown jewelry. And all of a sudden, something hits him. What is it? A necklace. He says, you know what? What is this? What is this necklace? He opens up the necklace. What does he see? He sees an amulet. Written what? In Hebrew. Whose handwriting? Yaakov. What does he say to himself? Wow! I didn't know who I'm going to marry in Egypt. But I finally found a Jewish woman over here in Egypt. 
If the mother is Jewish, then the child is Jewish. If the mother is Jewish, the child is Jewish. This is from a Jewish. He says, she inquires, who threw this necklace at me? Oh, who was that? It was her. Osnat, come over here. Will you marry me? And they get married. And they get married. Who do they have? Menashe. Ephraim Menashe. Menashe is half of him tainted, yes or no? Yes! Because why? And of course, he's 100% the biggest tzaddik in the world. Don't get me wrong. But I'm saying on the time of conception, who who is his father? Who is his father? Yosef is his father. And who is his grandfather? Yaakov, of course it's Yaakov, but if you oh, think of that, right. what, what happened? You have Osnat. Osnat's mother was Dina. Dina was with who? Was Shechem. Shechem wasn't Jewish. So part of Menashe, at the end of the day, came from the conception of what? Of Shechem. That being said, half of it can't can go into Israel. Half can. So half stayed outside. You understand? That's already the up until now you understood which half I'm saying. Up until now it was also crazy. But at the end of the day, Hashem made it. Of course, you have a great question, and the answer to your question is only Moshe Rabbeinu was the one to be able to understand all that and said, Okay, you know what? Half of you yes, half of you now. This half goes in, this half stays out. At the end of the day, you see how everything fits into a glove. Right? That being said, you also know one thing. Every Shiduch is Minashamai. Yes, then what's the chances Yosef is going in down to Egypt and he's going to figure out who is he going to marry? What's the chances? You say to yourself, Yosef says, there's no way I can marry anybody. Imagine you take a guy right now, you, uh, you take a guy, you, you put him in Spain, in the tip of Spain, called a place called San Figuerola. There's not one Jew ever in there. I'm not even joking. I was there for a stopover one time, this, that, that. I'm telling you, not one Jew. You can't find not one Jew. Not even Chabad is there. Got to get them there. Huh? Not even a, there's no, yeah, exactly. Uh, not even a Chabad is there. Same thing with that, that's, how, that, that's, how, that's how crazy this uh, uh, non-Jewish place is. But what happens? Yosef is under the impression, where is he going to find a, a Jewish woman to marry? It's impossible. Hashem has everybody's zivug. No matter what it is, your zivug is already determined. I'll give you an example. Did you... Choose who your father is going to be, your mother's going to be, your brother. You chose who your brother is, you chose who your sister is, you chose who your daughter is, you chose who your son is. What makes you think that you're going to be able to choose who your wife is going to be or your husband's going to be? It's automatic. It's going to happen. And at the end of the day, it's Hashem that, 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 that's going to make it all happen. And this is the biggest proof right here. What happened? You see the proof from where? Yosef. Yosef goes into a, a, a situation where he's in Egypt. There's not one Jewish girl out there. And yet, this whole situation has to happen with Dina. So Osnat gets sent off. So the Shaduch happens with Yosef and Osnat. You know the famous one with Shlomo Melech, King Solomon? You know that one? Everybody knows that. Say it real quickly. Shlomo Melech had, well, you know that story? Who was, who was King Shlomo? He says, who is his son, who his son-in-law is going to be? Everybody wants to have a good son-in-law. Who is his son-in-law going to be? He said that there's going to be like a homeless poor man is determined to be Shlomo Melech's son-in-law. So Shlomo said, 
I'm going to stop this. So how did he try to stop it? He told his daughter, my dear daughter, I'm putting you on an island. You're going to go on an island. I'm going to make you a, 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 a palace. You're going to have a gorgeous, gorgeous palace. You're going to be on the island. It's going to be amazing. And he hired, he hired guards. And he told his guards, nobody is allowed on this island ever. If I dare you to put anybody in this island, they're all sitting there, no problem, no problem, no problem, no problem. All of a sudden, there's a midrash. The homeless guy, he was, he was a chacham at the end of the day, but he didn't have anything to his name. He couldn't have anything to eat. He was cold one day. And he sat in, a, uh, in ribs of an animal just to warm himself up. And there was a very strong eagle, very strong bird that was flying, took the entire uh, 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 carcass and with, the, with this man inside and flew over on top of the palace where King Solomon Shlomo Melech's daughter was living. And guess what? All of a sudden, the next morning, Shalom Melech's daughter, hearing things on the roof. What's going on? Says, What's, what is this? And he goes up. He sees a guy. Wow. She never saw a man in his... Uh, in, 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 who knows how long? And uh, it says, it's brought down. The Malach of Gabriel came down. The other Malach came down as witnesses. And he been Mekadesher. And she had a Kiddushin. As the two witnesses, there was Kiddushin. The Midrash brings down that they had a child. Not only they had a child, the guards hear one day that there's a baby crying. And now the guards are very scared. What happened over here? We guarded everything. Shlomo is going to kill us. All of a sudden he sees there's a baby. There's a, there's a guy in there. What? What's going on? They tell Shlomo, we have a big situation. Please come down and handle this. This is crazy. Shlomo says, I'm not upset at you. I saw and I knew through a Hakodesh that whom my daughter was going to marry. I wanted to see if yes, if not. But guess what? Nobody can stand in the way of Hashem. If this is what's going to happen, nobody can stop that. Nobody. I'll tell you a side note, a personal story that happened with me. Okay? Don't try this. But I tried this. And I'll tell you. Back in the day, I was 20 years old. 23, I should say. And I went to a certain yeshiva, and they put me in charge of giving out the aliyot. You know, who's getting peticha, who's getting uh, Kohen, Levi, Israel. And I'm thinking in my mind, every single week for a year, I've been giving it out. And I didn't take an aliyah myself. As I figured... You know, at least, okay, I'm giving it out, giving it out, giving it out. Maybe I can take Aliyah once during the year. I'll take, I'll take. I say, you know what? This Thursday, I'm getting Aliyah. That's it. This is what I said. But I'm thinking in my mind, wait, wait, one second. Isn't Hashem in control? But I know I'm getting the Aliyah. So what's going on? I'm, you could say, oh, Hashem put you the God by. So you're going to get Aliyah. I'm going to get the Aliyah. Thursday, I'm going to get the Aliyah. So it looks like I'm in control. But how, Hashem, what's going to be? I'm getting the Aliyah. You know? I'm thinking in my mind, Hashem is in control, I'm in control, of course Hashem is in control, but, but when Hashem is in control, He's going to stop the Aliyah, tomorrow I'm getting the Aliyah. Listen to the story. I've never, Baruch Hashem, I've never missed in Minyan. I'm always like one of those guys where, this is Minyan, 
I'm there. Every morning, it's one of those things, you know? Anyway, there's the first morning in a year where I didn't hear my alarm clock. I don't know what happened. And I didn't wake up on time. And I look at my watch and I see, oh my goodness, I'm late. I said, wait, I'm getting that aliyah. This is what I'm thinking in my mind. I'm getting that aliyah. I'll be late. I'll put on my talit. I'll put on my tefillin. But I'll get that aliyah. I check very fast. I get to, to shul. I sit there, 23-year-old. I put on my talit. I put on my tefillin. I'm about to give out what? Tcha. We're about to give off petikha. A gentleman comes, one of the boys come over to me. says, oh, by the way, I'm just letting you know. Somebody gave out petikha already. They didn't see you. I was like, yeah, I know, I was late my first time, this, that, but somebody gave it out. You were too late. We didn't see you. Somebody gave out petikha. So I said, who was that? I said, I don't, I don't know. Somebody already gave it out. No, I said, like, why? I said, because I want to know. Did he give out chalishi or did he not give out chalishi? Because the Aliyah Yisrael was mine. You know, it's supposed to be for me. I reserved it from yesterday. Who'd you reserve it with? I reserved it myself. I'm the Gabbai. I'm the Gabbai. All of a sudden, he tells me, I really don't know who gave the Aliyah. I said, guess what? I'm going to tell the person. This is, how, this is how wild it was. I said, I'll tell the person who's ever going Shlishi. I'll tell him, he said, I'm sorry, but I already reserved it. I know, I know I'm the God, but I already did it. But it's an important aliyah for me. I really need this aliyah. And I'll get Shlishi. So now I'm waiting by the bima to see who's going to... I'm like, yeah, so I'm, I could stay by the bima. You know what I'm saying? And I stay by the bima. I'm by the bima. I'm waiting who's going Shlishi. All of a sudden, I see. Who goes up Shlishi? I'm waiting for the guy to come up. Who was it? The Baal Koreh. The person reading the Sefer. I couldn't even stop. I didn't know it was him. I said from a lesson, if it's yours, it's yours. If it's not, it's not. You can stand up from your head from here tomorrow. You could be the biggest. doesn't make a difference. If it's meant to be, it'll be. If it's not meant to be, it'll never be. You can stand on your head from here to tomorrow. It'll never happen. I have news for you. I have friends. They tell me. I mean, this is the age group where some people go look out for, for, for houses and things like that, right? You guys are close to that age group, right? Looking for houses. What can I buy? This, that, that. I have friends. They've told me. Say, I put in a higher bid by a lot for the house. I still didn't get it. You say to yourself, for sure I'm going to get it. What do you mean? I put over asking by a lot. What happened? No, somebody came along that his, uh, a guy on the block where he likes more, he doesn't care about the extra $100,000, he'd rather give it to the guy on the block knowing where he's going to more than making 100000 What? He says it's nuts. No, it's not because of that. You know what it's because of? One thing. Because it's not meant for you, it won't be for you. That's it. That's the bottom line. And if it is, guess what? It'll come back to you. That's fact, by the way. I can tell you story after story after story after story how things happen in my life personally and I saw it just come back if it's meant to be, not meant to be, it will never come back. You understand what's going on? Yeah, how important that is? Even by Shiduchim. Sometimes it happens, a lot of times by Shiduchim. I had a friend of mine, you know, one day I, 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 I was amazed because I, I, I got to know him. I'll tell you real quickly, wild story. Right, I'm gonna forget that, forget that. But anyway, I'm not gonna I should say it quickly. I think you heard it, Albert. I think you heard it. But anyway, anyway, but the bottom, but the bottom line is, I'm trying to say it's meant to be, meant to be. At the end of the day, Yosef, he's in Egypt. Who's he gonna marry? Hashem said that, and that's what that all kicks in. Reuven in the beginning of conception, God in the beginning of conception, and Chetzi Menashe in the beginning of conception. If it wasn't pure, 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 the grand opening of Israel can't start with that right now. 
So what did Hashem do? So why doesn't the Torah say that? You know why? Hashem did it in a different way. He didn't want to embarrass anybody. So what did he do? He said, the reason why, because they have so much cattle and they need to take care of their cattle. So therefore they need the land. They can't go into Israel because the land of Israel can't handle all the cattle that they have. But it was a cover-up. It was a cover-up to show you that Israel is so kadosh. The grand nobody of Israel cannot start with that. It's got to start totally, 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 totally pure. You hear that? But that's not what I am to tell you today. That you might have heard before. But this, you never heard. And this I like to elaborate. I like to elaborate about the mezuzah. Every, almost every single mezuzah. A lot of Sfaradim don't have it. But every Ashkenaz mezuzah has it. And that is, if you look, what do you have in the mezuzah? A name called Shin. You have Dalit and you have a Yud. What's that name? That's the name of God. What does that stand for? Shin, Dalid, Yud. Shomer, Daltot, Israel. He protects the Delet of Israel. When you put a mezuzah in your front door, rest assured, Hashem's name, Shakai, Shin, Dalid, Yud, it has a protection on your whole house. And that's why what happens when people... Uh, something's going wrong in the going wrong in the family. What 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 is the first thing they do? What do people do? Check the mezuzah. Why do you have it on every door? Uh, okay, fine. That's a good question. We can get to that. We can get to that. We can get to that. We definitely can get to that. But at the end of that, let's go slow, little by little, like this. Shomer told sale that every every shemitah Hashem's thing, right? Meanwhile, the guy doesn't know, right? Before that, the guy, if, if he's Mechalel Shabbat, first we ask him a few questions. Do, do you desecrate Shabbat? Uh, do, you, do, do you steal? Do you, do you, you know? Now we'll get to the mezuzah right away. He asks the guy, well, well, what's going on, Rabbi? This is going on in my life. Wait, do you keep Shabbat? No. But I'm going to check the mezuzah. Forget checking the mezuzah. Check yourself now. You're not going to check the mezuzah now? That's not the problem. The problem is you. You don't keep Shabbat. What are you doing? You want Hashem to, you got to keep Shabbat. That's the first thing. Shomer Shabbat Kihi. Mekora beracha. Keep Shabbat because that is what? The source of all beracha. So, so you want to see where the beracha is going? What's going on? Uh, check my mezuzah. Forget check mezuzah. Check your Shabbat. You're keeping Shabbat? Then uh, you're keeping everything. You're keeping Shabbat. You're keeping everything. Okay, then we'll check the mezuzah. You understand? One time they came to Rukhaim Kinev's. It's a, 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 a fresh release story. Rukhaim Kinev's. The father came to me and says, uh, Rabbi, I understand what's going on with my son. He said, What happened with your son? He says, He's eating and eating and eating. And he's uh, not being full. Uh, I don't understand that, you know. Baruch Hashem, you know, you eat. You know, we eat. Baruch Hashem, we eat. You have the lafa, you have the sub, you have the whole big sandwich, there's that. But you get full after. How many, you know, how many, how many, how many lafas and shawarma and the tchumus tchine? How much you can have? You have one, two, you can have another lafa. You know, over there they have the dipping the lafa and the hummus, you know, I have one, two, hot, nice, I did. But after three, you're full, you can't have. But this kid, he's keep on eating and eating and eating. Hey, hey, hey. He's not getting full. It's a beracha, by the way. The fact that you get full, it's a beracha. Otherwise, we'd never stop eating, no? <laughs> yeah, yeah. All you can eat, the guy will lose money on you. <laughs> you know what's going on? The guy, the guy, oh, this guy again, this guy, oh, he's gonna, <laughs> we lost money on this guy. Don't let this guy, right? <laughs> At the end of the day, uh, the, 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 he says, I have a problem. My son keeps on eating. I give him, I give him a kibbeh, I give him an alohmajin. He still wants more. <laughs> what's going on? He tells, Rukhaim tells him, Check the mezuzah. 
they checked the mezuzah. You know what they find the mezuzah? The guy who wrote it by accident, who knows what? He was writing it, Va'achalta. It's supposed to be Va'achalta, Ve'savata, Uberachta. Eat, satiate, and make Berkat Amazon. What did it say? Va'achalta, Va'achalta, Uberachta. Va'achalta, Va'achalta. Eat, eat, and make Berkat Amazon. Eat, eat. It didn't say Vesavata. It's a documented story, by the way, I'm telling you. Check the Mezuzah. It's, there's a protection with the Mezuzah. It's not just put the Mezuzah just like that. It's a protection. The Mezuzah itself. There's a very big protection in the Mezuzah itself. That being said, that being said, if you look at most Mezuzot, for sure every Ashkenaz Mezuzah, you'll see it. You'll see the Shin, like we said, the Dalit and the Yud. Shakai, that's Sfaradi, Ashkenaz. But there's another one. And on top of that, you'll see, on the top parchment in the back of the mezuzah, you'll see the letters, Kaf, Vav, Zayin, Vav. Now people, like, what's going on over there? They get the mezuzah, sometimes they see, well, what's going on? What is this? Kaf, Vav, Zayin, Vav? What is this? And then you'll see other lettering, right? It'll be like Bet, Mem, and then a whole, three or the four other letters, and then again, Kaf, Vav, Zayin, Vav. Kuzu, what is that? And and people, they look at it, they think the sofer made a mistake. Uh, you know, you wrote extra letters in the back of the mezuzah. What is this? Let me go erase it. it. says, there's no mistake. Let me explain. I'll explain like this. In every single uh, 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 area, you have to understand, when we're entering Israel, we are entering, literally, there's a lot of tum'ah. There's a lot of, how do you say, uh, impurity. All the goyim that were there doing avodah zarah for so many years, so many years, there's so much impurity in that area that we have to negate it. We have to fight it. We have to uh, 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 knock it out. And who were the two uh, nation, two, two kings, I should say, that were very powerful at that territory? Sichon and Og. You have here of King Sichon, King Og. Everybody heard of Og and Sichon, big, big kings. They were literally in purity. And if you look at the numerical value of Sichon and Og, it equals up to 213. Now, why is that important? I'm going to tell you right, some numbers now. 213. It's an impurity. It's in that number, 213. Is an impurity. There's something there that, that has to negate. We have to fight it. Al pi Kabbalah, al pi Sod. Sichon and Og, numerical value, what? It was 213. That being said, that being said, we need protection against that Sichon and Og. What's this Kuzu and Bet is that? There's a lot of names, numerical values in what? In Yudke Vavke. Yudke Vavke is the standard name of God. Yud, and then you have the He, then you have the Vav, and then you have the He. What's the letter after Yud in the Aleph Bet? Kaf. What's the letter after He? Vav. What's the letter after Vav? Wait, wait, wait. Yudke Vav is, is Zayin. What's the letter after He? Vav. What does it spell? Kuzu. That letter, it's, every, it's very simple. It's every letter after Yud Ke Vav Ke. Is Kav Vav Zayin Vav. Now, what's after Elokeinu? 
if you do the, the, the same thing, Elokenu, you do the same words, Aleph, what's, it's Bet. Then you'll have the Mem. I'm not going to go through, but after that, you'll see on top of the Mezuzot, behind the parchment, you'll have the, the letters after Yudke Vavke, which is Kav Vav, and this. You'll have letters after Elokenu, which is Bet, Mem, right? Then you'll have another Yudke Vavke, the letters after that, Kav Vav, Zayin Vav. You'll have all those numbers in it. And you look at the back of the parchment of a Mezuzah, and you say, what is this? Every Ashkenaz Mezuzah has it. Some Sephardic ones, every Ashkenaz one has it. You look at it and say, what is this? Nobody knows. But now we're telling you, if you ever see a mezuzah that has it, now you know. It's the letters after Yudke Vavke, it's the letters after Elokenu, and it's the letters after Yudke Vavke again. What is that equal up to? If you do the numerical value, Kuzu, and the Bam, Met, this, that, and again Kuzu, it equals what? 213. Because there's an ev- evil spirit of impurity of that number. I'll pick up Bala, I'll piece all, whatever it is. So Hashem says, you put the mezuzah on that door. In the back it has my numerical value of 213. And it's behind it. You have nothing to worry about. I'm protecting from any evil spirit that will come into the house. That's the mezuzah. He's protecting it. And therefore, if you notice the Torah itself. What does it say when Moab Balak... He's scared of Bnei Yisrael. You know what the words of the Torah says? Vayagor Moav. The Torah says, Moav got scared. Now is there a lot of ways to say being scared in Hebrew? Pachad, Ra'ad. Why use the Lashon of Vayagor? He was scared. Vayagor Moav. Moav was scared. What is Vayagor? Yud, Gimel, Resh. You know what that stands for? 213. It's trying to say, Balak says, I'm scared. You know why? Because they, they killed the evil impurity of Sichon and Og, which equaled up to 213. That being said, I'm scared. What's going to be with us? Because they killed the impurity. Once they killed the impurity, I need to get more impurity. So who did he get? Bil'am. Curse the Jews. Bil'am, you're so impure. Go curse the Jewish people. Because what? They lost, the, the, the Jews lost that, prote- the, the non-Jews lost their protection. The 213, the numerical value of the evil spirit, they automatically not, got knocked out. However, we still need to do one more thing. What's that one more thing? We need more protection. Besides that evil spirit, we need a, a, a positive protection. And what is that? If you look, in every single Degel, you know everybody had a flag? You know, you have the Israeli flag, you have the American flag. Elif Havdalot, you had also, every tribe had a flag. Every tribe, Reuven, Shimon, Levi, Yehuda. They had, right, Reuven, Shimon, I should say, the, 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 the tribes, the tribes had flags. And every flag had letters. If you take... Everybody, what would they have? Yudke, Vavke, in all different ways. One had He, and then Vav, and then Yud, and then one had Vav, He, then you, every, if you do it 12 times, you can figure it out, you change the numerical value. Now, what's the numerical value of Yudke, Vavke? Who knows how much? 26. 26. 26. That's one flake. Plus another 26 is what? 52. Right? Now, the other flag, let's say, let's take Reuven, is 26. God is 26. Menashe is how much? Another 26. But only half came in. 
How much does, how, what's the numerical value of that? How much? Figure it out. 26 plus 26 plus 13 is how much? 65. If you do the same numerical value of mezuzah, how much is that? 65. In essence, Reuven, God, and half of Menashe, they were the 65, they were Kivyachol, the human being, Mezuzot, to protect the city in the onset so Bnei Yisrael could actually have protection on the whole Israel. So we learned the parashah, learning, oh, you know what happened? Oh, they stayed out of Israel because of this, because of that. No! In essence, they were the mezuzah, they were the yutke vavke, be able to be the mezuzah for Hashem, for the Bnei Yisrael to protect them the whole entire way. It's a whole different viewpoint when you see it like that. So we'd look at, oh, you put a mezuzah on the door. Beautiful! You did something amazing. But you're not understanding. When you put that mezuzah on the door, you're putting Hashem's protection on your door. You're putting kivyachol, if anything happens to you in your life, you know Hashem, you're my protection, nobody else can protect it. And that's why there's things that you say. By the way, when you leave the house, itself, you can do it in English even. Hashem, protect me, please protect me. Wherever I go, please, Hashem, I'm going to leave safely and come back safely. I always say it, and it's so important. If you've got to say it a million times, it's important. You go to Mezuzah, it's a protection for you. You go to Mezuzah, you say, please, Hashem, I'm about to walk into business. You know how many people, they tell me they got so much influence by just doing that? You walk into your office, you go into business, everybody's here, you're your businessman over here, you go inside your office. Or even if you're a Shiva guy, it doesn't make a difference. You go inside your office, you, you say, Hashem, please, you kiss the mezuzah, you're holding your thing, please, I'm going, I'm trying to make panasah, help me be matzliach, help me be successful. You walk out that, that night of your office, you hold that mezuzah, whatever happened that day, say, thank you, Hashem. Whatever happened, this is the best, this is awesome, this is great, that's the best. You understand what I'm, you hear, you hear what I'm saying over here? It's so vital and it's so important because every single person, where is it from? Everybody knows it's from Hashem. You know this already. But what? When you implement it more in your life, when you put it more down, deep down, when you engrave it in you, you'll see automatically your connection with Hashem even more and more and more and more and more. You know, one of the stories of Honey Ma'agal was what? He, he stood there and he made a circle. He said, Hashem, I am not leaving until it rains. It's not raining. I won't leave this circle until it rains. And one of the things the Gemara says over there, why? Because he's a Ben Bait. You know what the word Ben Bait means? You know what it means, Ben Bait? Anybody hear of that expression? Ben Bait? You ever go to your friend's house, right? When you were young or even when you're older. You go to your friend's house. You, uh, you, 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 you're 16-year-old. You know, he's a Ben Bait. Every, every, every Sunday, he's by the house. Every Friday, he's by the house. Every Shabbat, he's by the house. What is he? He's part of the house. He's part of the household. You know what I mean? You know, the, you remember when you were, uh, you know those guys? Where, oh, this guy is part of the house? Even though he's not part of the house. He's, uh, he, he's not your brother. He's not your cousin. He's not your, your nephew. He's not your nothing. But at the end of the day, he's one of the guys that's been by it. He comes in, takes a drink. He feels comfortable. You know, he takes a drink. He takes water. He takes this, like that. All right, I'll see you later. It's called Ben Bait. In our life, we have to make ourselves as a Ben Bait to who? To Hashem. We have to be those people that were so connected to Borei Olam that we're Ben Bait. It's not just Hashem is my father. No. It's I have a connection to him direct. Nobody else can have a more direct connection besides him. Now, 
I want to explain something. It's awesome to get brachot, and you should go get brachot. Sometimes a person wants bracha. You should go get bracha from rabbis. You should see rabbis. But don't forget that you yourself, you're Hashem's child yourself. And the way that we view the love that Hashem has for us is as if you're the only child that Hashem has in the world. You understand that? You got that or no? Let me, let me say that again. I have a friend. His name is Mayor Sultan, Rabbi Mayor Sultan. He's a rabbi in L.A. And I remember forget, when we were Yeshiva Bacharim, what happened was, we saw Rabbi Yehuda Adis. He was the Rosh Yeshiva of what? Of Kol? Of um, Kol Yaakov. And we asked him, my mayor Sultan asked him, what's the most important advice that you can give to somebody? What would you say? What would you say? One advice. Give me one advice that you'll give to somebody. Imagine right now, one advice. What do you give to somebody? You know what he said? He said, the one advice I give you to, to know this forever is that Hashem loves you like you can't even imagine, like you're the only son that he has. He views you like you're the only son that he has. Much more than that, by the way. I'm just, I'm just uh, saying a little bit. Much more than that. When you realize that, you, that, that Hashem loves you so, so much, your relationship with Him automatically changes. It's not like, oh yeah, Hashem has... Uh, millions of Jewish people around. You're right, he does. But no. The viewpoint is that we're supposed to have that he views you as you are the only son that he has in the whole entire world. And automatically when you understand that and you know that, automatically your relationship with Hashem, it becomes Ben Bait. It becomes, wow. You know, you know how I know this? I'll tell you very simple. When you know somebody cares for you and will take a bullet for you, and do anything for you, automatically, what's your reaction? Anything that he needs, I'm there as well. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about? You know when you have somebody, say, you have my back? You know, you know, this guy has my back. I know if I ever need anything, I know, by the way, it's awesome to have somebody out there, friend, the best, best friend, BFF, whatever it is, that friend where you know you can rely on forever, you know what I'm talking about? This guy, when you know that your relationship with that friend is like that, you know he has your back no matter what, no matter what situation you're in. So automatically you have his back no matter what situation you're in. If you know and you understand that Hashem loves you so much more than you love yourself. I love myself. And I know everyone here loves themselves too. You know? They love themselves. Everybody loves themselves, you know? You don't want to hurt yourself. You don't want to do anything. You want to just have uh, the best of life that you can. Hashem loves you more than you love yourself. Then already... You know that you can be Ben Bait. You know that if my relationship with God is like that, then vice versa. It's, it's like, we have a statement. Just like you see your reflection in the water, right? So too your heart reflects to another person's heart. It's automatic. You don't have to say anything. You know, I don't know what it's called. They have a body language. You ever hear of something called body language? There's something called body language. You don't have to say anything to the person. But there's a feeling that a person has a vibe. If you like them or you don't like them, automatically. You don't have to say, oh, I like you. Or oh, I hate you. It's automatic. You, the person will feel that. Abotai, you have to understand. The love, you have to feel that love that Hashem has for you more than anything else. And what's that love? That you're the only son in the world? Then automatically, you're a ben bayi to Hashem. And that's exactly what he's always protecting you. There's not one minute, not one iota. The Rambam says, 
what's the great one of the, one of the great mitzvot that we have that we that that's amazing that everybody's obligated to have is what man woman everyone what is that mezuzah a lady is obligated to mezuzah why it's to show you that what is in the mezuzah shema yisrael adonai eloheinu adonai echad Hashem is one. He's the only one in the whole entire world. And that being said, what is that trying to show you? That you have to know that He's the only one that can help you and the only one that protects you. How do you have that? Every single... Ben Dan was asking me, why do we have it on every door? Put it on the front door. Right? You have, you have, you have Hashem's protection on the front door. You know what the answer is? Because Hashem wants you to remind it, remind yourself every time you walk into a door. Remember, I'm, I'm, I'm watching over you. I'm taking care of you. Not, not the alarm system that you have that automatically hits the, the police when, when something, uh, you know, police is coming, I'm safe over here, I have a crazy, not your watchdog, whatever you have over there, you know, my German shepherd, forget about it. He'll, he'll, uh, yeah. No! Every door is being protected. Hashem wants you to remember that 24-7, whichever door you walk in, you hold that mezuzah, you kiss that mezuzah, you see that mezuzah, you know for sure who has your real back, who has your protection, who is your real father? Who is the only father that you have that loves you so much more than you only more than you love yourself more than anybody else? That's Bore Olam. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.